Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. When I'm not playing the Lost Eye of Thundera on my Commodore Amiga 500, I love nothing more than cruising Third Earth in the Thunder Tank, listening to Aaron and John on the Amigos podcast. Thunder, 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 thundercats, ho! Amigos, your home for everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasting. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodefkar Schaller. Oh, cute. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. I'm Brent. And today we're going to talk about Jimmy White's Whirlwind Snooker. Yeah. But before we do, uh, we've got some feedback. Uh, we got some feedback from uh, Duncan Stiles, who has written in a couple times, and uh, he pointed us at this very cool um, site. It is called RandallChauffeur.ch. So I don't know what CH is, um, but I'm guessing it's somewhere foreign to here. And. Uh, <laughs> He, uh, he pointed us at the site, and I'll, I'll link it up on the show notes because I don't have it right now. But uh, it is a site with a bunch of old Amiga demo, like graphic demos on there. Hmm. And uh, so you can see, like, if you download a Java plugin, which I did not want to do, you can actually see them in, op- in action. <laughs> you. Uh, you can see the, um, like, the daylight fading on the ocean, you know, uh, to dusk and things like that. And it's just kind of neat stuff. So thank you, Duncan, for writing in with that. Uh, Switzerland. Switzerland, okay. Um, so, Aaron, uh, that's the end of feedback for this week. What do you have for news? Uh, it was a light news week. Let me get the mega machine out here. Um, of course, I think it was this week that uh, the, they formally released Viva Amiga. I saw some people were talking about it. We were talking about it amongst ourselves. Now, you said you have seen it. I am going to watch it tomorrow night. Oh, are you? Well, mm-hmm. I plan on watching it this weekend as well. <clears throat> Um, the, uh, something I forgot to mention last week that I wanted to mention is that we have expanded to a certain degree our online presence. Uh, what's happening? Oh, we are on, we're now on Spreaker, if Spreaker's your thing. Uh, it's happen to not be, really. Have you, what, what is Spreaker? Spreaker's a, sort of a podcasting site that you can, allows you to do sort of like what we do live broadcasts and stuff uh, it's what it is to us is our doorway I'm trying to get us I'm trying to get us onto iHeartRadio's podcast list mm-hmm. and uh, you Spreaker sort of the door get your foot in the door oh okay uh, so you have to get like I think you have to have, I think they won't even consider you unless you've got a hundred followers on Spreaker so that might I don't know how many people we, that listen to this is gonna, are going to roll over to Spreaker but I figured what the heck so it's signing up free yeah 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 so guys uh, Sign up's free. How yeah. about the Amigos? If you if you got the time, yeah, thanks, eh? Uh, it's a uh, it's not a huge deal, but uh, it's some people. I know Spreaker's got a, a, a Android app as well, so some people find it more convenient. You could actually, if you broadcast live over Spreaker, you could you could have it uh, broadcast everyone that's got the app when you're going online. Oh, know, that's neat. Stuff like that. So it's it's a it's an interesting little site. Uh, we also did. I mention the other before you move on. I just oh, wanted to show. You. I, this is what this site looks like. You've got uh, the daylight here, and then it will slowly fade to this if you download the Java plugin. Oh, Java! So, um, th- and this is full of different uh, demos. Uh, you know, demographics. Uh, there's a space thing. So, uh, and there's there's more than just Amiga. There's Atari ST and some other stuff, too. So, uh, make sure you check that out. Sorry, Aaron. No, Continue. that's fine. Uh, we're also, I, I moved this over to TuneIn as well. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. It's a, I did it basically to have a way to listen to our podcast with your little Echo uh, device. The uh, uh, Amazon Echo? That's right. Awesome. But, uh, well, it, well, it's <laughs> great. Everything works great, but it doesn't work. Oh, well, and less I, awesome then. Well, I've heard that they're having problems. I haven't checked it this week. Uh, so it may be working, but basically the way you would do it is you have an echo. You could say, uh, Alexa, uh, play uh, podcast, Amigos, everything Amiga, and it should find it and play it. 
off of tune in. Now, how many how many echoes out there did you just activate? And someone's like, no, I'm already listening to it. <laughs> sorry, sorry, guys. Yeah, I'm gonna have more to dollhouses and whatnot. Um, someone turned me on to a, a uh, to a web page uh, for a podcast. It's the Vintage Computing Podcast Roundup. Uh, the web page is vintageisthenewold.com. <laughs> I haven't got a chance to listen to this, but I totally forgot about it until I was looking over the notes for the news. But um, I looked over the web page, and I was like, man, this might be pretty good. So if you're into that sort of thing, you may want to you may want to check that out. Um, the uh, Remember when we, uh, gosh, I don't know how many months ago it was when we talked about the uh, guy, we've mentioned a couple times, the guy opening the Amiga store in America. Right. Do you uh, have an update on his that? His web page is up. Hey, all right. All right. AmigaOnTheLake.com. AmigaOnTheLake. AmigaOnTheLake. And uh, he actually, um, (laughs) once I posted it, he actually must have been monitoring. I don't know if he's a listener. If you are, hey, talk to us sometime. But uh, I looked over his stuff. I I looked at a bunch of people who were... Um, who had bought packages over Christmas? So I guess he's been up for a little, just a little while, uh, and uh, we're, we're, they were buying packages of uh, 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 you know Colanto stuff, and 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 there's a real. Uh, I know one guy was listening to his uh, broadcast, and he bought. They had a package where you could buy like a book on getting uh, a, a OS three nine started on your on your uh, PC, and you through the Colanto package and. So it looked pretty in depth. So it looked like they got some interesting stuff. Yeah, there it is. Mm-hmm. So you're saying there? I mean, you can go and purchase this stuff here, but he also gives some like points and tips and stuff. No, as this well? is part of the package. In fact, right there it is: the new Amiga Beginner Bundle. Oh, that's, there that's, you that's go. what I saw. The uh, someone that's was pretty reasonable. It was, someone had a demo up on how to install four one. In fact, I'm thinking about uh, uh, giving that a whirl, uh, and I've heard the book of that because it's <clears> quite good. Um, the uh, I like the fact he's got a nice online presence. I can tell you, it. after I am still waiting for Amiga Kit to ship to uh, get me my product, I did finally hear from them just to whine for a minute because I ordered this thing November 26th. They told me that um, I should expect it sometime in mid January. I've been told. Cow. Well, isn't that now? Yeah, and mm-hmm. it didn't come in today. So I'm still waiting, uh, guys. Again, I've never had any trouble with them. Amiga kit, but man, I don't know what's happening. And I don't know if it's even their fault. Maybe it's something to do with the U.S. side of things, but you never know. But so, anyway, uh, if you're in the U.S., I know we got a lot of people that, are, that listen to the show that are from the U.S. Uh, if you're going to order stuff, not the Pose Amiga kit, because they're fine, but I mean, if this guy on the lake has stuff you're looking for and he's got a good price, man, give him a whirl. Uh, I, like I said, everything I've heard, it was they, they do a real good job. Mm-hmm. So, that's something worth checking out. Um, the uh, the guy. Oh, oh, not to interrupt there, but I wonder if uh, Amigo on the Lake. I wonder if the guy running that would be willing to uh, uh, let us know. I, you know, I'm kind of curious to let us how his sales are going. Well, I don't know. I, if, I don't know if he's gonna let us do that or not. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously he's not gonna move like millions of units or anything. But I'm wondering uh, if there's any <coughs> if there's interest in that kind of thing stateside. Yeah, well, I, I, hopefully, or he won't be around too, too, too I, much Well, he's, he's in a good spot between here and Canada, too. Mm-hmm. I think Canada's got a decent scene. Yeah, and he's we, got... He I mean, looks like he's got tons of stuff. Where we got the website scrolling yeah. there. Well, I mean, Man, I, I looked over good. his prices, and they're not bad. Yeah. They're not the, they're not bad at all. Uh, and uh, I'm probably going to... Next time I order some Amiga, so he'll probably be from this film. We'll give him a shot, you know. But, hey, I was, I'm still tickled to have a, a, a local distributor. You know, it's nice. Um, the guys over at the Retro Hour uh, have taken a look at the new Amiga 1200 cases. Uh, if you check out, uh, check uh, the link out we've got provided. Uh, it's a, uh, it looks nice. You know, I've seen a couple videos now of people taking their brand new, brand spanking new Amiga uh, shells, the cases, and, and putting them together. And uh, with a, f- a few minor exceptions, nothing that's a you know deal breaker. And there it is now, and uh, he—it uh, looks good though, man. I, I, everyone seems real happy with him, so that's nice. Uh, I think that's pretty much all I saw pop up this week. Uh, Boat, you have anything else? No, no that's it. Uh, you said that some people had some minor issues. Do you recall what they were? Yeah, um, uh, ports. You know, getting it to fit properly around a couple of the ports. One thing I saw was getting them to fit around the uh, floppy. The floppy uh, button, 
You know? I can see that, yeah. And so, uh, I think these cases have uh, have uh, the ability to take one of the Gotex uh, or something. And But anyway, there's something there. But I saw one fellow was that had ran into a problem there. But uh, for, Oh, so this is one person... The people were saying, "Oh, hey, I got a I right, right. This is a mass widespread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they come in, as you can tell, they come in a real nice package. It looks good. Uh, you know, my Amiga's my Amiga's got a pretty good case. It's a little yeah, yellow. I don't know if I would do this. And it's funny. I've seen people use the black cases, mm-hmm. <clears throat> or you know, and it and they look cool. Don't get me wrong, but if you if you change the case, you're going to have to change the keyboard." Because yeah. the old keyboard looks like crap in the new case, yeah. even the new white case. And so it's a good thing they've come out with the extra keys. Uh, but, you know, the one problem I've got is when you have a black Amiga 1200, for example, it doesn't look like an Amiga. It yeah. just looks like, um, it looks awesome, but it just doesn't look like you don't... Well, I think the people really get, they, it's just like the people that, that paint any system. You know, yeah. there are people that take classic consoles and paint them. The coolest yeah. thing that I've ever seen Amiga related was the, the German A500 that's got that grid pattern on it. Have you seen that before? I don't know. Um, I'll see if I can pull I it know, up here. I know a lot of people back in the day, before this was a thing, would take their Amiga 1200 boards, for example, and put them in tower cases, like for like a, four, like a 4000. Uh, or, you know, stuff like that. Uh, so I mean, and the thing is, I'm not a I'm not a mod guy. Oh, that is clever, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So for I'll people probably... at home or listening <laughs> to the radio, it's just a it's just a Amiga with like a, a grid pattern. It looks yeah, pretty nice. It's got the balls. balls, balls nice and like stuff. this is factory. You know, this came from the factory. So if I was going to have like a special one, I'd want something like this. Yeah. It's... Now well, I'm going to actually take the other side of this. Uh, if you're into case modding, which I, I, I'm not, but I wish I was. Um, if you're going to get a shell. Where you're not going to have to mess up your original shell. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty good idea. That's true. Maybe you leave it on for six months, you get bored, you pick yeah, the other one Yeah, it's not on. like your original shell's going anywhere. Right, right. So, you know, I, I'm for it. I, I like the idea. Um, all right. You got anything else, or is that going to do it with the news? I think that's about it for the news. I uh, I got to sit down and do some, spend some quality time with the Amiga this week, though. Mm-hmm. And I played, I played a lot of today's game. And for some reason, don't ask me why, but I, I've got a, a, a burr in the saddle to play some Zaxxon this week. So I, was, I got my Zaxxon. Have you, have you ever tried the Amiga version of Zaxxon? I have not. It's not bad. Does it have all the levels? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. It's not like Zaxxon had a ton of levels. Three. <laughs> yeah. It's it's pretty good, though. You know, I, I really enjoyed it. What do you got for site updates, Bo? Uh, well, Dreamcatcher, as always, has been busy. Of course, we got to start with you. Uh, you put up the uh, the a great uh, Fiendish Freddy uh, Amigos plays. Better late than never. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. finally got that up there. Two, I had two two of my attempts went down in flames. Including one with my son, and he was kicking my butt at it too. So I wish that one would have kept. But I I had some uh, power problems that kept shutting my system down, mm. which drove me nuts. And uh, so the uh, the first uh, thing the Dreamcatch put up was just kind of a companion review and kind of a. Uh, some background. He interviewed uh, the the guy that created Little Devil himself. This article, which I had read a little excerpt of before it got put put up, is great. Not just because it puts me over, uh, but uh, because Dreamcatcher. This guy's like uh, a sleuth. He went in and got the full scoop. And as I suspected, the uh, story about the kid winning the contest for designing a character appears to be complete and utter bollocks. Mm-hmm. So I, I enjoyed finding that out. But I mean, I was it was killing me to know. But yeah, the interview is great. I just loved it. I thought it was a great article, and uh, uh, it was interesting to see how. I, I mean, it was. I, I agree with a lot of what was in there in terms of the like the the feel of the game, you know. And it's amazing how many people worked on that game. Yeah. If you looked at that list, it was like a million people. And, it, and they interviewed a guy. He's like, "Oh, I remember doing this part and this one part of this scene." I thought to myself, "How do you make a game out of that?" Where mm-hmm. you've got. 20 guys working on all these different... Each different, like, little... So you can sort of see why it's sort of... A kind of a mess. A, it's a splendid, mm-hmm. beautiful failure right. of a game. Mm-hmm. But it was a good article. Uh, he also put up just today a, uh, a review on Beyond the Ice Palace. And I haven't read this one yet either because it's from today. And so. I, haven't even, I haven't heard of the game yeah. either. Yeah. So he's, he's a miracle worker. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's some side updates for this week. Um, other than that... I think that we're good to go for uh, our review of Jimmy White's uh, Whirlwind Snooker. Yes. I uh, 
on a personal note, before we get into this game, and we got to thank Zeus too for I love his playthroughs. Yeah. He's a great job. Um, few games that we've played have got me into th- into it like this one did. <laughs> I mean, I really. I don't know what got into me this week, but I really got into Whirlwind Snooker, and I've actually gotten into Snooker after, after I, I've never played Snooker, and I've never watched anyone play. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen the table a few times, and just thought it was odd that a, there'd be a table with all these same colored balls. Right? Like, what is going on? The know? table was huge, yeah. and I had heard of Jimmy White because I'd heard him referenced in shows, and I'd, I'd heard I'd heard of this game, so. I didn't know anything about Snooker, and I didn't know anything about Jimmy White, and I was talking to my girlfriend. I'm like, man, Boat's really stuck me in a fire here, because I'm going to talk about a guy I don't know and about a game I don't know the rules for. So I sat down and and watched a bunch of videos to familiarize myself with what Snooker was, and then uh, watched and read as much as I could on Jimmy White. And it turns out to be a pretty fascinating sport and a pretty fascinating cat. And so mm-hmm. I really actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, so this game was released in 91. Um, the developer was the same guy that did last week's game, uh, which was a karate uh, inter- international karate plus, uh, which is Archie Archer McLean. Uh, it was published by Virgin. Um, Archie, you know, we didn't really get in, much into his backstory last week, but he didn't really have a ton of games. But I will say the games that he had, he he really did a good job on. Uh, aside from obviously he did Drop Zone, which we spoke about on the C64, probably one of the most favorite C64 games of all time. Uh, he also did uh, a, uh, International Karate Plus. He also did this, of course, and he did uh, Archer McLean's Pool, which I don't know if you checked that out, but I had a look at it too. And Archer McLean's Pool was effectively this engine of pool. I mean, okay. So which good move? We might we might want to check that out. Yeah, <clears throat> and I had I had to go at it. Uh, he had a sequel to this called Jimmy, which wasn't on the Amiga. Um, Jimmy White's Two Cue Ball, which was uh, I watched some footage of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you was that a, on the Genesis? Uh, I don't know what that got released on. Okay. To be completely honest with you, and then he had a game called Archer McLean's Mercury, hmm. which I had heard of, uh, and it was a uh, uh, that Mercury series was sort of hot. Uh, it was a unique one of those kind of move the board around and watch the. Oh yeah, like a labyrinth type. Does thing. that does that ring a bell to you? Yeah. Do you remember that? One? I don't remember the game, but I know the concepts. <laughs> um, so this game, like I said, it came out in '91, and it was uh, you know it ran on the standard Amiga. There was no which I, which that's a whole other story I'll talk about in a minute about getting this thing to run. Um, this thing was out on the Atari ST, and it also there was a DOS port. This was ported to a lot of things. Which also surprised me because again, we wouldn't have seen this in the states. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, as far as I could tell, there was no. I don't think there's ever American been a release. release. Yeah, in, well, I mean, people in the United States play snooker, somebody somewhere, well, but not a lot of people. You don't see snooker halls like you see pool halls. Right. No, no, yeah. absolutely not. Um, but this came out on, like I said, the Atari ST. It came out on, in DOS uh, on the uh, Genesis or Mega Drive, if you will. Um, there was an it was a Tandy color version, so they they had they supported the uh, Tandy graphics, which I always look for that. Um, the uh, the premise of the game, just to, I mean, this is kind of obvious, but if, for some of the people that don't know much about snooker, a, a brief brief look at snooker is snooker is played on a much larger table than a pool table. I think it's twelve foot long, mm-hmm. and uh, you uh, you you have a rack of balls. That are all the same color, red. Then you've got some additional multicolored balls, and so I mean to water this way down. Because and I don't even know, I don't understand the full volume of the rules. But effectively, you try to sink a red ball, and then you can pick one of the colored balls to sink that. And every ball has a point value. <coughs> excuse me. And you uh, and you alternate back and forth with your opponent as you miss or screw up, and some of your scripts can result in your opponent getting points and that's pretty much the way it goes and you play at one game until there's a winner and then you you know whoever got the most points in that game they won the game then i believe they said that you were usually they usually play these in matches of 11 or 17 games right so uh it's like pool it's got all the geometry of pool but there's a lot more strategy in ball placement mm-hmm. it's very important in 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 snooker um and 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 finesse 
is also very important trait because you know sometimes you just want to kiss the ball a little mm-hmm. bit, you know. Um, so the game's namesake in this case is uh, Jamie Whirlwind White. Um, I looked into this guy quite a bit because he's an interesting cat. Uh, I'm not going to go too far into it, but um, if of course if you're a, a UK listener or maybe some, I, I've heard his name is pretty well known all over most of Europe. Um, but uh, uh, Jimmy was a player who gained uh, most of his prominence in like the 80s and the early 90s. He's still around. He still plays, but he's sort of in his twilight of his of, of his career at this point. Uh, he came on early on. Was very successful, and he was known for his very quick play style. He would go from shot to shot very quickly. He would uh, sink balls as fast as he possibly could, and he was known to take these kind of weird, crazy chances when he played. Um, he was the first guy that ever used the uh, what's the thing called with that the bridge. The bridge. He used. He was using the bridge to like assist with putting on English on the ball, which English and this is a very important because of ball placement. Mm-hmm. And he was, uh, you know, do you think that they call it English in England? I don't know. Like for example, I, they were, I often were, when I was researching this, the game English eight ball was often referred to, or English pool, mm-hmm. and our UK it was actually UK pool or UK eight ball, and that, and there's a difference between that and what we play, but I don't know what it is, mm. so I don't know. Uh, but uh, Jimmy uh, was also known for his incredible prowess as an amateur. He was world champion. He was UK champion, and he had a lot of um, momentum when he moved up to the professional ranks. And then he managed to get to uh, <clears throat> the championships. He lost his first championships, and then he got back, and he, hit, he was in five championships in a row, and he lost every single one. Wow. <laughs> and so it was – and he also was known as, as, a, as a big gambler. He was a big drinker. He was a uh, uh, hard liver. You know, his first marriage ended in divorce. Uh, but uh, he seemed like a pretty, just from the documentaries I watched, he's like a real nice guy. Probably a lot of fun to hang around with. Um, it was fun to watch these old matches on, that they had from, that were on TV where the, all the pool players or the snooker players were smoking. They were drinking their booze. Uh, what were you talking about? The one fella he had how many pints? Did six he... pints before six... the before the game began, and then a pint for every uh, for every match. So sometimes and... up to forty to sixty pints. Love it. Uh, and and it's I've seen this comment over and over that watching snooker in that time period was the most fun, and its popularity has waned since then because the players who, who are now far superior to the way they were in that era are boring. Right. <laughs> You they're know, too too mechanical, yeah, and they're not drinking, right? They're not smoking, which probably is why they're better, yeah. You know, <laughs> very in true. And, <laughs> and I can associate snooker with with uh, uh, the, there was a pool. There was an era where pool on TV here, you know, eight ball was very popular, and we had uh, uh, Willie Moscone and, and and Minnesota Fats were a couple of the pool players I grew up watching. And I used to watch it as a kid. I thought it was pretty entertaining. And it was exactly the same as probably over there. These were these entertaining guys, the big fat guy, and mm-hmm. the, you know this other guy. So I can understand. I can sort of relate to it on that level, you know. But uh, it, uh, I, you know, if you want to watch anything good, there's a couple great documentaries out about uh, Whirlwind uh, on YouTube, which where I, where I caught the ones I watched. And Kim Justice did an excellent um, overview of really? this. Really? Yeah, it was tremendous. I'd already seen it once. I went back and watched it again, so it was good. Uh, but uh, I found him a very interesting cat. Now, that, all that aside, Bo, what did you think of the... What what struck you about the game? I was immediately impressed by the graphical fidelity of this game. Um, I had never played a 16-bit uh, pool game before, and I was expecting your standard top-down, um, you know, line up the shot, take the shot sort of thing. Uh, this is a fully rendered 3D table. Um, you know, it's of course it's rendered flat, but the the illusion of movement and the balls, the way they do the scaling, very impressive. And there's never any slowdown. Uh, whenever you're you're panning around the table, you can click and drag around. It's very smooth. Um, the the way that you line up the shots the variety of angles that you're given. My main complaint is that you cannot accurately move or you can't move the, your your 
your angle around when you're at the top-down view of the table. If I had to make one complaint about the game, it would be... Because the controls make it so you move around the table instead. Right. But other than that, uh, I really thought that this was a a solid game. Right. Uh, Incredibly impressed. This is... I think this is something that if you presented to me in a web browser or a phone app today, I would happily play it. I, the quality is is uh, it's extraordinary. Now, there's no backgrounds. It's just black. You're there's just no, playing it in space. There's no background <clears throat> music. There is very little sound effects really at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if they did that to... Uh, the backgrounds, obviously, they, they did to save on the rendering. Mm-hmm. Um but when you're playing the game, when you're not, when you're watching the game, you notice it. When you're playing the game, it doesn't really even come to mind because you're focused on everything else that it does give you and does it so well. Uh, I feel that uh, when you're shooting the balls, when the, when the balls are making contact, the angles that the balls are going off uh, may be slightly different than you would imagine them being in real life. But once you see what they're going to give you when you hit the ball, it stays consistent. Exactly. And that's all you can really ask. Right. For. And it, right, as long as there's consistency, mm-hmm. you can say, okay, I see how much you're, how much hitting the ball like this is going to give me this much cut. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that now because it stays consistent. Right. Um, the options uh, uh, of angling the ball, uh, putting English on the ball, uh, you know, Top spin and back spin. Yeah, it, it's all there. Mm-hmm. It's all there. And it, it's also a game that I can see when you first start out, you're poor. You you play poorly. But as you get <laughs> well, to... We'll prove that. Mm-hmm. As, you, as you... The more you play it, you're actually going to build skill on how you play the game. And to me, uh, for a pool simulator or a snooker simulator at this point, what can, more can you ask for? Yeah. 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 And you can cue you can chalk your stick. There's a button to chalk the stick. One more I mean, come on. Yeah. And um, you know, the scoring, you can see the the basic scoring here just represented digitally. But uh if you click on the question mark icon, uh you can actually see the slider score like you might see at a physical table right. where the things move in and yeah. out. And they thought of way. It. Yeah, yeah, they thought of that as well. Yeah. The uh I, I hated this game. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I loved it. Um, the uh, the control. I mean, you've got a, one thing that should be noted is that before this, games like this didn't exist. Yeah. I mean, this is the <clears throat> this is the 3D game. If you look, I looked and see what the Amiga had available in terms of uh, billiards and snooker and pool. And if you look, it's pretty much it's all flat, just like Brent described. And I grew up on the PC and and. Playing those, over, or even on the consoles, playing those top view, top mm-hmm. down, and you were happy with them. It was sort of like pool, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of ways. But I can only imagine what people. I remember when. Uh, do you remember a program called Virtual Pool? Yes. When it came out, I was like, mind blowing. Good God Almighty! This is the, the ultimate pool game. This is it. Mm-hmm. I, mean, it. I can see this is very similar to it. Of course, Virtual Pool came out later. Uh, I mean, the uh, the amount um, and the amount of. The Amiga, as we've noted in previous episodes, is not a 3D powerhouse. Right. <clears throat> All right. Um, I read that this thing does a lot of the calculations when you're lining up your shots and stuff to prepare. It does stuff when you're not expecting it to be working. It's, there's stuff going on in the background, calculations. So that's why it's so smooth. It's perpetually in motion in a very smooth way because mm-hmm. all the calculations are being rendered when you're not playing. It figures them out. Um, the uh, the controls are pretty intuitive. We talked about it on the live stream, um, and this is going to say, you know, it's funny because if you told me, yeah, you don't get to you don't get to use the cue in your hand, I'd be like, what is this crap? But it's so much better. Oh, because you feel like yeah, if you had to use the mouse to gauge which, the strength, uh, you know, yeah. moving it back and forth, it would uh, be very frustrating. A lot of pool games. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I suck at pool in every <laughs> facet, right? but a lot of games with a cue. I always feel like the controls are hindering me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, another thing, if if you were playing a two D game and you couldn't control, the, uh, have at least some back and forth of the queue, you would lose something. This gives you so much more to worry about, the way you line up your shots and the spin and stuff. Yeah. That you you you're kind of glad to have that set it and forget it power level. Yes, yeah. yes, and, and on top of everything else, 
snooker is a pretty complicated game scoring wise, mm-hmm. and so this is perfect, especially for a, a new person to play it without having to worry about all that. Like right. I was picking up how the scoring worked as I played, you know, and it, and it helped. I'm not saying I could get on a snooker table and run the you know one four seven. I'm out the door, but. Uh, I think I could at least play a game with someone that knew what they were doing and not look like a total idiot. I would, I would know Just a some minor of the idiot. Yeah, I would, <laughs> I would know some of the rules. Now, that said, there are some things that are. This game has a few quirks and a, and some things that were sort of just not put in. Um, if you if you're sitting it, we talked about this and it drove boat nuts. Occasionally, you'll just be sitting there and some flies will. Buzz around you, and it, they're realistically annoying. Mm-hmm. You want to, you know, scoot them out of the way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the balls will develop little faces. Yeah, and laugh at you. Know? you. And you could tell Archie had a had a had a. Um, he he thought some of this stuff was probably pretty amusing mm-hmm. when he put it in. Um, to the best of my knowledge, there was no way to set up full matches or tournament play or quick. I don't know. There's that stuff. There's options are there. It's a basic game. Mm-hmm. But what it does, it does perfectly. Again, there's no music. I don't know if that's because they thought it either would get annoying, it interfered, it took too much away from the processing power. Mm-hmm. I know for certain that's the reason there's no backgrounds. Right. You know, and if you look at later iterations of this that appeared on, a, like the PlayStation, the PlayStation Two, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and the PC, they are they have they have full background stuff. Of course, by this time, processing power had was exponentially more powerful than what the Amiga had to offer when this came out. Uh, and I've heard some of the later iterations of the series are quite good. You know, and Kim Justice actually goes into some of the later ones on the PC, which we're not going to touch that stuff here, but it looks like if you're into this and you have a PC and you want to dig it up, or a PS2, you could probably find it one that you would, that would suit you. You know, so it's not perfect in every aspect, but the, only, the things it doesn't do right are n- not really per- pertinent to the actual playing of the game. Yeah. When it comes to the game... It does pretty much almost everything the way you'd want it. It gives you multiple views. Mm-hmm. I mean, you fully customizable. And, and one thing that I thought was particularly technically impressive is the ability to switch views on the fly while yeah. the balls were in motion. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's truly. I mean, if you think of what you're working with here on the yeah. Amiga, I mean, the way that the that we're watching this, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, the way that the camera rotates and you know and pans with the motion of the balls. There's a lot of stuff going on. I wonder yeah. if this, if his engine could have been used for like a ball blazery type of, or a sports game, oh, like I'm a field sure level have. soccer. Yeah, you know, I mean, really, I, you got to give the guy credit. Now, I mean, I have a question. Yeah, <clears throat> you mentioned the faces on the ball, which randomly appear, and the flies that that buzz around. Why do you think that was added? I mean, do you think that it adds anything to the game? I think that sometimes programmers. Have strange senses of humor. I think that it's yeah. I think that he was trying to just make it have a little bit because if you look at this game, personality is not what this game is, and I think he was just trying to inject a little bit of something in this game, which is not you know, it's got a great engine, it's got great physics, (laughs) but there's no because you don't see your opponent. You know, he's just a name on the screen. I think that's why. Yeah. Do you think it was needed? No. No. Well, I think it's. I think it's, the faces are kind of cute, and the flies are amusing, and I, you know, it does, it's it's definitely not necessary, but there it's an interesting little now, wacky now this, thing. This might sound stupid, and I wholeheartedly accept that it, if it does, it pulled me out of the experience. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, agree. when I'm lining up a shot, or you know, when you're sitting there getting stuff ready to go. And uh, the flies actually not so much. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind it, but the faces on the ball. Yeah, it's and like we couldn't what? we couldn't hear it because we had other music playing in the background. But it it's awesome. Bad, yeah, bad, yeah, bad, yeah. And I agree with you. I I don't think it was necessary, and I think it detracts from the. From now the I I'm not going to. I, I'm gonna. I would take points. I'm gonna take. You know, I would take a little bit off of it, but I'm definitely not saying it killed the game because no, no. that's not true. But yeah, I don't think it was necessary. I, it's just odd. Now. And I can understand what you're saying. The uh, the uh, aspect of Jimmy Whirlwind White's uh, contribution to the game, uh, not really any in, in this game. He was brought in. This game was originally called 147. The uh, uh, perfect score and bonus right. set. The uh, 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 Archie's people. Thought or his publisher, or whoever thought it might be a good idea to get an endorsement, mm-hmm. and 
Jimmy came in, and uh, from what I've read, Jimmy was actually pretty hands-on when it came to what he would, would and would not endorse. Uh, although I did read somewhere that he changed his name from Jimmy White to Jimmy Brown to endorse something in a tournament. I, I, maybe like, Heinz Brown sauce. It was or something. Like it was that. something ludicrous. But so I don't know how. Maybe he lightened this up. Maybe he lightened. Maybe, you know. when, when his wallet started to lighten up a yeah. little bit, he but he lightened up right along with it. When, when he came in, he looked at the product, which apparently at that point was finished effectively. And he said, I mean, it doesn't take an idiot. It doesn't take a super genius to be like, look at this. Right. I'm, this, I, my name's on this. Hell yeah, I'm getting yeah. to sign me up. But the neat thing is him and Archer became buddies. And, uh, um, and you, know, you know, what's crazy is that, you know, him and Archer are buddies. Archer and Folds are buddies. So we're only two degrees removed away yeah. from Jimmy Whirlwind. You know, and I, I was thinking about, we were, we talked, you know, last week we did uh, karate, mm-hmm. right? And and I liked karate. It was I thought it was goofy and sort of there could have been more. Yeah. But this game is nothing like that. No. I mean, there's nothing. This is not the case of a publisher, you know, a one trick pony developer. And I don't know if you've ever watched or played Drop Zone, but it's nothing like these either. I so, mean, we're talking, you know, this Archer guy. He's one of the greats. Is he, what you're saying? He's he's definitely can go in different in, in different areas. Mm-hmm. I'll give him that. Uh, but. Uh, um, so, but like I said, Jimmy, like I said, his involvement was pretty much the name only. And I thought, I'm sure. Did the, he promote it at all? Do you know? Yes, he did. And he, in that fact, could go seen, a long way. Sure. And uh, uh, um, he, uh, I, I think his involvement was more in the second game. Uh, some of the some of the games that went on down the series, his involvement was almost none. But his name would be in it. His name's in this one as the final opponent. Of the four, you can pick the most difficult guy, mm-hmm. and I, he always just—I mean, pretty much once I got past the first guy, and I didn't get past him, but once I tried a harder level, those guys just creamed me. I had zero chance. But I will say, the first level, I think the difficulties are probably pretty good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought I had a chance. Yeah, I, and agree. I suck. So if I have a chance, you know, uh, again, the options are real limited. Mm-hmm. You know, I will say that about it. So if you're looking for a full featured, you know. It's like if Cincy Soccer, uh, you know, it doesn't have all the tournaments in the world. Remember we talked about this, how the later iterations, they added all the extra stuff mm-hmm. to it. It's sort of the same thing. If you're not getting into this to have a big tournament with real players that were playing snooker in the day, this isn't what this game's about. Right. You, you can't know? even set up a, a bracket with human players. Right. Uh, so uh, it's just, and you can keep your own, you can keep track of stuff yourself, mm-hmm. you know, effectively just a piece of paper. Um so, score-wise, I looked over the reviews for this, and I've got to tell you, of all the games we've done, we've done, I don't know what episode we're on, Boat. Um, this is episode 77. 77. All right, so we've done at least probably 85 games. This is probably the highest scoring review, the best review games we've ever done. It's got no scores le- lower than an lower than an 82, and most of the, almost all the scores are in the, in the mid to upper 90s. This game is beloved. Mm-hmm. And when you mentioned it last week on that list, and I was like, a snooker game? The hell are these people thinking? I now was we, way wrong. <laughs> I was way wrong. I can see why it was loved uh, thoroughly and completely because it, it, you know, as they say, it does what they say on the 10. It plays mm-hmm. a good game of snooker. Um, I looked this thing up on eBay. <clears throat> And you have uh, no problem picking up a copy if you're in the UK or Finland uh, or any place else overseas. Uh, I was seeing box copies. Apparently, this came with a poster mm. as well of, of Jimmy. Uh, but I saw box copies shipped for between twenty and twenty-five US dollars. There were some people chiseling, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't see any copies in the US, but that wouldn't be a surprise to anyone. You know, since I, again, I don't. I'd be surprised if it was released over here. So, well, um, what about uh, what about some question time? Question time? Yeah. Okay. So, is this a snooker related question. So, no, this is a this is a listener question. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> if you have a question for the podcast, feel free to write in at questions at amigospodcast dot com. Send, send me some snooker questions because I studied up. I'm ready. This week's question comes from Al Kabab. And uh, Al says, hey chaps, firstly thanks for the Amiga Future magazine. If you remember, Al was the winner of uh, the Amiga Future on our Christmas episode. Which is a 
Top Shelf Mag. He said it arrived this week safe and sound. It's already replaced the Auto Trader, get this, as my well-thumbed bog mag of choice. A bog mag, eh? Yeah. I think I know what that means, Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and he said, secondly, thanks for keeping the show going for so long. No doubt it takes a big commitment each week to not only come up with the show's content, but also set aside the time to record and edit it. I really appreciate I really appreciate your efforts and I look forward to how the show will move forward as we push on into twenty seventeen. Now for the question. Virtuality only. Oh god. I would like to know whether you guys are into modern gaming systems such as the PS4 and Xbox One. <clears throat> and if so, what games do you play? Or if not, what was the last games console you bought? So I guess we'll take this in turns. Um, so why don't we start with Brent? Uh, I was a huge console gamer up until the Xbox 360. Um, during the, through my entire life, uh, I've dabbled with PC gaming as well. Uh, currently, pretty much after the 360, I never went to the Xbox One or the PS4, although my, my kids have both. Um, yeah. I'm a PC gamer. Uh, I play modern games. I play uh, Elite Dangerous. I play Overwatch. Um, every Saturday morning from 9 till noon, uh, me and three of my buddies play online together. Uh, for me, it is a active part of my life. Aaron? Um, you know those grizzled old geezers you hear on podcasts? They're like, I don't play nothing. That's me. I don't have any modern consoles past the 360, and really the 360s I've got were sort of given to me. I don't really. Yeah, you didn't get it for 360 games, that's for sure. Well, no, I've, I've got some games I played in the 360. So yeah. you are not a grizzled old veteran because well, the 360 is just one that, generation. I don't, old. I don't play the 360 very often. Like, I was going to say, when when have you ever played a 360 game? I play wrestling on there. I also play UFC when it was out. Uh, I played uh, that. Uh, what's that game with the motorcycle? Um, trials, uh, trials, and uh, urban trials. Uh, that's on the PC. So I played that. Uh, I played. Um, what else did I get into on the 360? Mortal Kombat. That Mortal Kombat game that was on there. I played that. So I played some and some fighting games. You know, I so you're not, not you're not now, quite can the I ask you this? Yeah. Uh, how many of those games, not including downloadable games, did you buy new in the store? Like when they were released, like man, I am pumped up for X game. I mean, how much? How many of those games did I go buy in the store? <clears throat> I can't afford new games. I'm not gonna lie to you. So I, and, okay. I did buy them. I, 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 although I do have some, I do have some liberated things. But I bought. I don't have a. Well, I gave you a lot of my games too. Yeah, but I bought. bought like I just bought. I bought three sixty games and, not two weeks ago. Yeah, and I'm not downing you for this. I'm just wondering. Yeah, I, I, bought, I'm I bought. Wondering. I am the master of the fifty cent bin, and so for example. I got DJ Hero 2 for 50 cents. Now, I have DJ Hero 1, and I have the turntable, and I don't hate DJ Hero. Mm-hmm. Rock Band. I play the crap out of Rock Band on it. Uh, so yeah. that's another Rock Band 3, or if it's a 4. Uh, so it's I, not 4. So I guess that's as modern as, <laughs> you it, play two. That's as, modern as it gets. 3. Uh, and on for me, most of what I like to play is mostly Amiga. I, like I said, I've played a lot more C64. Uh, I've played some... Uh, I do have some PC games that me and Luke play, uh, Pokemon collectible card game, and we play Avenger, Lego Avengers, and Lego. Um, uh, what's the other? Like Lego the movie. You got to get them into Scribble Knots. I think we play Scribble Knots. We play a lot of Wii. So I, you know, unlike a lot of people, I like the Wii, and so the Wii. We play a lot of uh, carnival games, and we play Mario Party. So I, I do those. So you are a modern gamer. Well, I don't think I don't think I'm completely at, like I'm not like a guy that hates all modern games. But most, of it, in all honesty, a lot of it was just uh, I, you're I don't a have decade back. And you're a decade back. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, on both PC releases, and I will say consoles. when the, when the new one thing that makes me very excited about the Switch is that I'm hoping that the Wii U will drop in price because my son wants to play the Pokemon game, and we both like the Mario game for it, and we both like the Donkey Kong game. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Cool. Uh, I have none of the new systems, uh, but I have Wii one. Wii U? 
Well, oh yeah, I have one of the new systems. I've got a current system. I, actually, you know, I've got a couple current systems. I, I, I've got all the systems. Now, see, I've this, got nine. X- I've got a switch. Uh, yeah. This is where you put those editing skills to work, John. Um, I nope. I recently acquired a Wii U, which uh, I bought primarily to play Mario Kart Eight because I love Mario Kart. But I also have the new Zelda uh, or the Zelda new Zelda I was remake. Stunned. I couldn't believe the, it. The uh, um, Ocarina, Ocarina of Time. No, the Wind Waker remake. Oh, okay. Uh, and I am looking forward to playing that because I've never once completed a 3D Zelda game, and they say this is the best one, this is the one you should get. So I've heard that too. Um, I like the 3Ds a lot more than the 2Ds. That's for sure. I have a I 3DS, uh, and I have the 3DS XL, not the new 3DS, but I enjoy playing that. I about that. Back when I used to travel a lot more than I currently do, I would play... Um, Mario Golf on there, Mario Kart. Um, when you're on a 20-hour plane flight to Thailand, the 3DS is your best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I have that battery life. Yeah, yeah, and I've got a little charger too that you can put AA batteries in and recharge the battery. So nice. it's good. Uh, I've got a PS3. That's probably the console that I bought with high hopes and just never play, uh, <laughs> just because you know I've got I really like Katamari, but I beat I did everything you can do in that and. There's really like there's some RPGs, but I just don't have I don't have the time to devote sixty or seventy hours to uh, Nino Kuni. So, um, what do I play on a daily basis? Really, not much of anything. I probably play video games. I play the game for our podcast. Uh, I might play, you know, I might grab the 3DS and play around a Mario Golf. But unfortunately, at this time in my life, I just don't have I don't have the time for video games that I want to. Uh, I've got several goals, though. Um, one of my goals is to play a lot more Amiga. Just really, you know, get that Retro Gamer Amiga magazine out and hit all of the games that we haven't done in there and see what's worth playing and what's worth. Because I want to want to start developing kind of a plan for what we should do week to week. You a know. plan. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a novel concept for this show. You're going to um, look at Retro Gamer. He's going to sharpen the dart he throws at the board. Yeah, I, you know, we got that Amiga Retro Gamer. You know, we should. I should mention, just a callback, Arch writes for Retro. They, uh, Does he? Yeah, he actually is, he writes articles for them. Oh, cool. So, little little extra bonus footage yeah. there. But I love, you know, I love video games. Sometimes I think I love thinking about playing video games more than actually playing them. Like, when I'm at work, I'll be thinking, man, I can't wait to get home and play Mario Kart 8, you know, and I'm going to sit down. Of course, something happens and I can't. But just, just knowing that it's there, knowing that I've got this nice basement full of classic video games and arcade machines and pinball machines, it just gives me a warm feeling inside. Absolutely. And, you know, you're, uh, the arcade machine, having your own little main cab, that's mm-hmm. great. I've got mine. Uh, me and Luke will come in. I mean, like I said, we a couple weeks ago, we've been playing the heck out of Liquid Kids. Luke's still playing it, uh, but I've kind of moved on. And there's a game I just can't get out of my crawl, and it's Mr. Do, man. I, it's a classic. And I, 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 every time I think I can get somewhere, I just suck at it so bad. But I, I love it. I, I, I like playing the old arcade stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's funny because we were talking about, oh, I don't own any modern consoles, and then you guys are right. I actually had a couple because I, I bought my son a 2DS for for, for Christmas, which right? is which brand spanking new, but uh, um, sorta. You know, again, I, don't, I, I think my problem is I don't have the. You mentioned not having the time. I can sit down and play a round of Neo Turf Masters. Mm-hmm. Okay, ten minutes, right? Uh, or uh, uh, I can sit down and play a couple minutes of Donkey Kong. I couldn't invest in one of the... And the Zelda games, the three of them look pretty fun. I've played them back in the day. I couldn't invest that much time to save my life. Mm-hmm. I just can't do it. I mean, I, I wish I could. But if, when I run out of stuff to do, I fall asleep. <laughs> i got to get up and drive or do something yeah. the next day. And I think the, one of the cool things that you've got, Brent, is that since you have like a set time that you've carved out for the express purpose of playing, that helps you it does. stay in it. And here's another thing. We usually play a game... I like... Uh, an example, we played GTA Five for about six months. We played um, Killing Floor 2 for about three months. Mm-hmm. So it gives you enough time, because we don't want to buy a new game all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, none of us are poor and disheveled, but we're certainly not rich either. Um, poor and disheveled. So we, we get to really get in there understand how a game feels, put a lot of time into it before we move on. Right. And it 
I would not trade my Saturday morning gaming time when I have to miss it or when one of us has to miss it. I'm honestly, I'm devastated mm-hmm. because I, I, it's nice to not only play the games, but to play the games with other people. That helps so yeah. much. And that's a big part of why I love doing this podcast because it gives me a reason, an excuse to play, you know, a different game. Every and week. it's sad that at our age we have to do that, but it's it's the That's, it's the honest truth yeah. that it, it it it's something that gets our butt in the seat and motivated to do it. Right. And, and games like this week's game, I relish. Yeah. This reminds me, like I said, the only one I think of that was Cannon Fodder is another one that I was just like, I was like, yeah, Cannon Fodder, and I was like, man, this is such a good game. And this is another one, it's well, Snooker. It, I, and the thing, what I like about this week <laughs> is it really. Introduced me to a sport that I've never given a look at, and it's I really am digging it. So it's a uh, uh, double trouble for me. The game's good, and the sport's fun too. It's so nice when you when you find an old gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even when it's so simple, uh, uh, just a quick two seconds. Uh, I remember when I loaded up Mame, I would hit random game, and I remember getting Doc Man. Oh, and I know. That now, gets hard. I most people probably don't know what Doc Man in is. Also known as Portman. Portman, yes, it, it goes by both names. Uh, I played it for hours, and I, it was so much. Fun. It was just something that clicked with me. Mm-hmm. When you find a game like that, it's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and uh, thank all of the lovely people that make the Amigos podcast possible. These are our Patreon supporters. We have a new one just came in today. Bam! Josh Nan. Josh Nan, thank you. He's the Nan. He is. Uh, David McCrandles, Jason Warnes, Graham Vebke, Rob O'Hara, Paul Harrington, Laurent Giroux, Jonas Rulo. I accidentally gave him a French accent even though he's from Hawaii. (laughs) Paul Bjorn Barman. Tapes from the crypt. Adam Bradley. Chris Will Williams, Daniel Bingston, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Chad Halstead, and Brent Dowdy. Wow. And if you too would like to support uh, the Amigos podcast and keep all of our Amiga happiness going, please visit our page over at patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. It's all about spreading the love, folks. That's right. Keep the Amiga happiness going. <laughs> hey, someone has listened to this and it's made their day. You think? Yeah. That's right. I Jimmy did. White. Jimmy, Jimmy White, if you're listening, please come on our you. show. We'd love to have you. Oh as my guest. gosh, can you imagine if he signed something for us? That would be good. That would be oh awesome. My gosh. So next week, uh, guys, if you if you if you're this far into the podcast, you've already heard the intro. Uh, as, oh, you, as you can so hear, jealous. Uh, as you can hear, uh, we uh, Dreamcatcher awesome. as uh, you know he's he has all the connections. He's done <laughs> some research into the Thundercats Amiga game, and uh, he got. The voice of Lion-O himself to give us our intro. So next week, to celebrate that, we are going to do the Thundercats game. Yes. Which is the the Eye, Eye of Thundara. It's the Thundercats game. It's the Thundercats game for the Amiga. That's what it's called. Yeah. So, until then, adios. adios. See ya. <laughs>